0: We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia,
1: the Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture
0: and pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging.
1: I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! we are going to need a bigger boat.
0: I'll have what she's having.
1: Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world?
0: wear glasses i think they look cool and funky and uh yeah i think they just add a bit of makes people look smart <laughs> so i would like to wear some glasses and uh walk around and be very sophisticated so yeah i think glasses look very very cool uh big show tonight big show mainly for the fact that we have the batman to talk about it's been uh long awaited did it get pushed back due to covid at any point i'm not 100 i'm not sure. sure
1: i'm not sure um like, I think it was always supposed to come out this year.
0: Yeah, I think it's just there's been lots of talk about the film and, you know, Robert Pattinson was announced as the, you know, the, the lead for the role and I think it's just been some anticipation behind the film. So we've both seen it. You've seen <sighs> it twice as the dedicated hardcore fan. You are.
1: Well, yeah, actually, just uh, as I, I told you off air, it was a coincidence because... Um, mm my wife and i were very excited about seeing the film so we uh booked tickets <laughs> and <laughs> uh the same day we booked the tickets on the wednesday night because I are doing about screenings the uh invite came for the, the preview on the tuesday night <laughs> yes
0: yeah so, so you would have seen it then
1: too so Cat uh, wasn't sure she wanted to see it two nights in a row so i took uh one of my best mates jason to go and see it, who's a huge batman fan and uh he was very excited by the prospect of seeing it and he was very happy by the results of the film. So. Oh,
0: good, because yeah. we'll obviously share our thoughts about the film and then it will be great to to share a little bit about what he thought being a really hardcore uh, Batman fan. So that, that'll be really interesting. But it is a quite a long film, so I can understand why Kat might not want to have uh, sat through it twice. But um, Yeah, because it, well,
1: it made me realise it was like six hours of Batman six hours over two nights. Six hours
0: of Batman. In, over two, over two yeah. nights. But we will definitely talk more about that uh, later in the show. We don't want to jump into it too soon. No. We want to uh, give people... You know, a chance to to listen to the what what else we've got to talk about as well. We've got another film, a documentary called Blind Ambition, which is uh, about a group of four Zimbabwe men who form a uh, Olympic style like team mm. for the World Wine Tasting Championships. So that is out now. We'll talk a bit about that. Uh, I did see another documentary this week also screening on Amazon Prime, which is called – I'm going to get the full title. Uh, It's called Brian Wilson, Mm -hmm. uh, Long Promised Road, which is a real look at Brian Wilson's life, Um, Beach Boy. Founder and all um, oh, right, and a, uh, I'm a huge fan. Another Beach Boys another, Beach Boys, another Beach Boys <laughs> film uh, a few years ago. Back at well, actually, 2014. I say it like it's a few years ago, <laughs> but 2014 was quite some time mm. ago now. Uh, Rachel and I seen a a film called Love and Mercy, which was a kind of biopic about Brian Wilson uh, and his struggles with mental illness in the 1960s. And it starred, interestingly, Paul Dano Ah. was the the young uh, Brian Wilson and John Cusack played the middle-aged Wilson. It also had Elizabeth Banks uh, as his second wife, Melinda. Paul Giamatti as the psychologist. Dr Eugene Landy, who was a little bit of a... uh, control freak in that interesting relationship between the two. So
1: So are we supposed to believe that uh, Paul Dano grows up to become John Cusack?
0: (laughs) Yes. You're
1: right. Um, I, I think I probably said the same thing yeah. in 2014. It, it's
0: not a great, yeah. uh, it, it's not great, but Paul Dano looks a lot like Brian Wilson, the real Brian oh, okay. Wilson, yeah. uh, which is quite interesting, but John, uh, John Cusack, not so much. Mm. Yeah, there's not much belief there. And, yeah, but anyway. Um, and the reason I say it's interesting is because uh, because Paul Dano is obviously in The Batman. He is. As well, I don't know if we're allowed to specify what, what, Person
1: he plays or not? No, no, we we can. I mean, it's pretty much out there that he plays a Riddler.
0: Perfect. You, <laughs> you said it so good. Um, yeah, and I, I love Paul Dano. I think he's a very underrated actor.
1: I so. I, I I think he's like yeah, you know, he's kind of the the darling of the uh, the indie kind of mm. film set. So to see him in a big film like batman was kind of kind of cool I loved um it. but the uh, yeah w- before we saw the film there was they <laughs> they sometimes do these things before you see a film where some of the actors will come up onto the screen and give you this whole oh thank you very much for coming to the preview we're so excited that you're watching this film and yeah blah 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 all like that, that kind of stuff we've, we've seen all of that before but it's so weird when you had colin farrell there who plays um Oz or uh, the penguin in this film, um, and like in the film, he is unrecognisable. Mm-hmm. Like if you didn't know, that's who who was playing the part you would just be like, who is this person? I have no idea. Because yeah. um, it's just, yes, It, it doesn't. he doesn't look like him, doesn't sound like him. It's just like, wow, that's really weird.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really unbelievable. You wouldn't know unless you, you were introduced mm. to the fact uh, as well. So, yeah, real interesting. And if we do get time, um, and I'm not sure if you guys may have spoken about this film already. Come on, come on. The I'm, Joaquin Phoenix film. No, I don't, um, don't think so. So that's an interesting link too because we all know that. Keane Phoenix has played
1: the Joker. He has, yes. <laughs> so if
0: we get time, we can talk about that too. But um, what shall we kick off with first? I mean, we're only five minutes into the show. I mean, is there any film news that we need to delve into and diverge first? Well,
1: I'm not I can't, sure. I, This is something that we, we've talked about a lot on Diz Down Under, but I don't think I've, I've, I've spoken about it on, uh, unscripted. Um, but if you're a Star Wars fan, uh, this week in uh, Walt Disney World, the Star Wars Hotel, the Halcyon, uh, opened up, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a two-day cruise-like experience. We go onto the Halcyon, and it's it's kind of like live-action role-playing, where you so like you're on there and you're interacting with these actors who are playing parts, and you're interacting into a story that's unfolding over mm-hmm. the two-day period. Um, so that actually, uh, um, the first uh, cruises <laughs> started off that <laughs> um, on uh, the 1st of March. And so we should be hearing some uh, reactions from people who paid the money to go a- and do this. Because mm-hmm. last week, there was like all the media stuff. So they had a lot of uh, vloggers and uh, bloggers and um, the media come in. Ah. And experience it, and and like for some reason they they let them film everything and put everything up online, which is kind of weird. Because if you were to go there and experience it, you you can watch all these things and like spoil everything for yourself. Yeah. Um. So it was kind of an odd thing to do. Um. But the the cost of this two day experience is going to run people um between like five to six thousand American dollars. Wow. Per couple. Ow. For two for the two day experience, so two days. so that's what I mean, all the bloggers and vloggers going, Oh my God, it was amazing! Oh <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, cool. It's amazing when you're not paying for it, yeah. but. It'll be really interesting to see the reaction of people when they've like you know, stumped up you know um, you know five grand, mm-hmm. which I mean that's in US money. So in Australian money that's a lot more.
0: Oh yeah, I didn't even think about yeah, the fact so, that that would be a slightly higher, slightly more, very, very much
1: higher. <laughs> let, let me see if I can just figure out what the um, the cost would be. It, in, it is
0: fascinating that they did show everything you want to just give people a taste and kind of entice them rather than show them the full experience but you know hopefully numbers will be fine um well
1: we'll wait, we'll wait and see like uh, how it at uh, all tends to to pan out so uh yes yeah, so a five thousand uh, us dollars would come to six thousand eight hundred and forty six australian dollars whoa geez so sure <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's expensive, and you, you'd think like if you're shelling out that amount of money, you want everything to be like absolutely perfect. You want to literally feel like you are on a, a, a spaceship, you know? Absolutely. Um. So, so that's uh happened this week. So I'll be uh, interested to see how um how that pans out, and I'm sure by. The weekend we'll have some uh, feedback from paying customers.
0: Absolutely, that's um, that's really. F- it sounds fun, but I don't know if I could justify spending that much money, um, to do it. It
1: I is. Mean, it is. And when you think money. Well, I mean, it's going to be. It's appealing to people who are Star Wars fans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also going to be appealing to people who are like into role playing and stuff like. Because if you're someone who's uh, um. And not very, what's what's the term? Sorry, it's. um. So you either. Uh, you've got an outgoing personality. And oh, like introvert. You're an extra. Extrovert, yeah. So yep. if you're an extrovert, you'll be fine. If you're an introvert, not so good. So, so you've got to be uh, a Star Wars fan to live action role playing who's an extrovert. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to have that Venn diagram for somebody who wants to go to do this. So yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting. And the thing is, like, you know, outside of the the actual, like, story, it doesn't seem like there's... You know, if you go to a hotel, you can go to the pool, you can go to the spa, you can do those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, there doesn't seem to be that. So I'm just wondering what you do when you're not... Involved in the story. It's kind of like do uh, you sit in a bar and drink or <laughs> do you yeah, <laughs> sit in your
0: room?
1: Drink for $8,000 a day. Is it, it, it at
0: least free drinks no, and food?
1: No, so well, no. You pay no, for no, those no, additionally. No, no, no. The food, okay, so food and drinks yeah. is, is included. Okay. As long as you're, you're only drinking like soft drinks and stuff like that. As soon as you're paying for alcohol, <laughs> that's extra.
0: My God.
1: And the thing is, when you are on a cruise ship, because you're out in international waters, you're not paying tax on the booze. Yes. So the the booze is, like, reasonably priced on the cruise ships. But if you're drinking on the Halcyon, even <laughs> though you're in space, you're actually still in America. So you're still going to be paying tax on your drinks.
0: Oh, my gosh. I wonder if anyone will try and argue the fact that they're in space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be quite funny. Uh, it sounds it sounds fun. Yeah. But um, – I mean, I would pay $8,000 to go to real space, but probably not.
1: Well, <laughs> real space is a lot more expensive because it's like, it's like that, that's the thing. I mean, okay, you're, you're spending like, you know, six, almost seven grand Australian mm. to, to go and spend two two nights, and there's entertainment and there's all that kind of stuff, right? Mm. Or uh, on the other hand, you've got that thing where you get shot up into space on that giant. Thing, um, and, uh, and that's like I don't know what half a million dollars or oh something my like gosh, that that's for, ten for ten minutes.
0: <laughs> oh my! Someone, yeah, people, ha- people who have that money, great. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't justify that.
1: Um, but I, and I've I've said it, I've said it many many times. Space sucks, people. Yeah, it's a vacuum out there. You don't yeah. want to be in space. We've
0: seen the films. Yeah, Gravity, Starship Troopers. All space films are bad. Really, exactly. Yeah. Nothing yeah. good happens in space. Nothing good ever happens in space. So, no. uh,
1: and, yeah, and, and it's only a matter of time before some rich person goes up in space and then they freeze to death. So <laughs> don't let it be you. Like just, just uh, stay on the. Keep your feet on the ground.
0: Stay on Earth, please. Yeah. please. Uh, well, we might. Oh, it's probably too early to play a sponsor. We'll keep chatting. Did you guys? Um, I've been watching. Have you spoken about Pam and Tommy? Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. You yeah, have I've been watching this. Well, see the thing. Is, I'm I'm enthralled, and I'm, I am too. Yeah. Uh, and Rachel watched the first few episodes, but she's finding it very hard to watch any anything more. Um, I think. Because the whole, like, you know, Tommy is a knob and, like, you know, you don't mind him getting his comeuppance, but the real victim in all of this is Pamela Anderson.
0: Yeah. You kind of feel sorry for her because, Mm. you know, she's just going about. I mean, yes, she's classed as a sex symbol and she's Mm. done Baywatch and and other things, but, yeah, I mean, no one really deserves to have something like that taken from them and then exposed to the world. So I'm quite enthralled in this series myself. I've been watching it. They released um, released the first three episodes on – Disney, mm. and then they release a weekly episode. So yeah. I'm I'm following it. I I do love Lily James and oh, I forget Stan,
1: Sebastian uh, Stan, uh,
0: Sebastian Stan, who play. I think they're they're really um, playing those roles quite well, and uh, it's quite fun to watch. But yeah, it's it's an interesting story. But even Seth Rogen has such an interesting role uh, as Rand, mm. the guy who who stole. The, the safe with the videotape and has exposed it. I so,
1: just can't um, believe that. The whole thing seems so unbelievable. The fact yeah. that he stole an actual massive safe. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs>
0: yeah, so I, I didn't really know much about the story. I always knew there was a sex yeah. tape scandal out there, but I never really knew how it all kind of came to fruition. So, yeah, to think that he's, he's gone in there, taken this massive safe by himself and uh, exposed this tape and the use of the internet in, mm, in mm. this is interesting because it was at a time when the internet was, wasn't was that common. People didn't really use it that much. They knew what it was. They knew what a computer was. But yeah, to use this as a tool to expose such an intimate um, tape. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm, 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 I think we're about six Seven episodes in, so maybe yeah. one or two left at this I did, point in time. I
1: was older, for me, it's like finding out how... The whole thing got resolved. Yeah. Because that tape, I think, is still you still buy it. So, yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. So I'm just wondering how this that's possible. Whether like Pammy uh, Pam and Tommy Tommy Lee get like a, a a taste of the action now and actually are making money off it. I don't know. So who knows? Maybe but we'll find I guess
0: out. you know once something's out, it's out. I mean, there's not really stopping it. You can sue all you like, but mm. it's still mm. going to be out there, isn't it? So yeah, be careful, kids. What you do with your devices is probably the lesson. Yes. Uh, there. We'll be back after this. Yeah. But. We're back. Um, we're going to talk about Blind Ambition. Yes. This is a, a new documentary out now at uh, Luna Cinemas, which is uh, screening now so you can catch it. And that's the best place to catch it is at the cinemas, on the big screen. Uh, particularly, I mean, I don't like to play favourites, but yeah. Luna's pretty special.
1: Um, it is. It's
0: kind of my Saturday movies. So it's a good ritual. I like to grab a coffee and head into the movies for the morning and come out. And uh, what I really liked about this film, though, is it was very uplifting. Yeah. <laughs> so I certainly didn't leave. Occasionally we'll see a sad film on a Saturday and yes. we'll leave and we'll feel a little bit down for the weekend. So it's always good to have a film that's not sad and is far more uplifting uh, to to kind of see.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: Take it away, Lewis. Sorry. What, 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 I was getting distracted yeah. by the computer in front of me. Um oh.
1: <laughs> Yeah, so Blind uh, Blind Ambition is a documentary that's won a lot of uh, like audience prizes at uh, at different um festivals. I think uh, um Sydney and um uh, there was another one one as well. Uh Tri- Tribeca. Tribeca. That's where yes. it was. Um and it is the the story of four Zimbabwean refugees who uh, all uh, they they become uh, sommeliers. So uh, and and for people who don't know a sommelier is a person who recommends the wine to pair with foods in in a restaurant. Um, so these guys have got really great um, you know taste and they can you know. Pick up the you know the subtleties of wine and be able to tell you like they can guess uh, and take educated guesses at what like region the wine came from what uh, um your know, age the wine is uh, what grape it's made of um, it's and so they they put together a team to go to uh, to France, uh, to um, uh, to uh, Bordeaux uh, in France and compete in the uh, the World Wine Tasting Competition.
0: Which I didn't actually know was a thing. Yeah. I'm I'm actually very <laughs> excited about the fact that this is a thing and I wonder if you can watch it on TV.
1: I'm not sure. I think it's one of those things where it's more...
0: It seems very closed off, it doesn't does, it? It yeah. does. Yeah, I'd love to be part of this yeah. but I don't think I could ever guess um my palate's not that good i can say it's red or white that's probably about it
1: so well actually one of the one of the guys did say like before he he um got into uh wine tasting and stuff like that 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 was the two ones he knew red and white (laughs) um but it's the 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 film is great because it goes over the story of these guys um you know getting to South Africa because they're they're from Zimbabwe and they uh, go to uh it's it's Cape Town isn't it they go to Yes yeah yep. so they go they go to Cape Town and uh, to start a new life because in Zimbabwe uh there was a a ruthless dictator who was running the country into the ground mm. uh, there was like no money there was no food and the only way that they thought they could you know survive and provide for their family was to cross the border uh, into south africa and then you know get jobs and all of them uh, you know self-made men who, who got there and they uh, got into the restaurant business and they from there they they learned about wines and you know it, it's amazing to see just how driven these, mm. these guys are. Uh, and when uh, every year South Africa puts together a, a team uh, to go to this wine competition and the the guy who uh, coaches a South African team said to these, these four guys, you're all from Zimbabwe, why don't you make the first Zimbabwe team and, and, and go as a, a team? And so they decide to do that and then they get their team together and uh, they do a lot of training with this guy in uh, South Africa, but he can't be their their coach when they actually go to France because the coach is sitting there with you at the table Mm -hmm. and they're basically writing down all the answers, all the details you're giving them about the, the wines. Now, when they go to the competition, what they've got to do is they've got to be able to say what uh, region the wine is from what um uh, what uh, grape it's made from uh what uh, like actual like so what actual winery yeah, it comes from. it's very specific, from. isn't it? And yeah, and what very. year the wine is. Like I think there might be some other things as well and each thing they get right, they get a point for it. Mm-hmm. So it's really – and this is – all you're getting is a, a, a glass of wine. They get 12 glasses of wine mm-hmm. and they've got to try to get all that information from just tasting and smelling and looking at the wine. Mm-hmm. So it's really difficult. <laughs>
0: it's insane. Like I just – yeah, to be able to guess at anything like that is mm. it's just insane. Because there's so many varieties of wine out there, to be able to pinpoint its exact location in the world is just insane.
1: I know, and I mean, it'd be, you're hard pressed to for most people to be able to taste a wine and go, "Oh, yeah, that's a, you know a Shiraz, or, mm. or, or that's a uh, Cabernet, mm. or, or or that's a Grenache." Like. You could, you could probably have a crack, but the, yeah. these guys are just like, they're tasting all these different wines that could be coming from Spain and Italy yeah. and France and America and Australia yeah. and South Africa. Uh, and it's just like, oh, oh my God. It's just, just the, 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 the scope of it's amazing. Um, but these guys are so upbeat and it's just, you know, you, you're getting to uh, see this experience through their eyes. Mm. Um, and so uh, the majority of the film is based on uh, them and their lives and everything like that. And then the, the, basically the third act of the film is them going to uh, Bordeaux and them doing the competition. And uh, it was an enthralling film. And it's a really great cinematography, mm. just some really great shots in there.
0: Yeah, of them kind of mm. spinning and mixing the wine in the glasses, yeah. them doing... Their thing, yeah, no, and I think you're right, it's, it's such a wonderful documentary that explores this or documents this journey of them getting to Bordeaux, but it also delves so much into their personal lives as well. And you just think, oh, how great for these guys to come from you know such a tragic, you know. Um, place in Zimbabwe to be able to come to south Africa and and do this, and the their friendship that they form and the determination they have is is, is really inspiring and it's um yeah a really uplifting film and yeah, I really enjoyed watching this from start to finish and yeah uh, seeing how far these guys come in their in their journey from you know Zimbabwe to starting out in South Africa to going to these championships and, yeah, competing. And I felt like there was a a scene in this film as well where the groups are all kind of meeting for the first Mm. time and everyone seems quite reserved and stuck in their groups but Zimbabwe was so upbeat trying to kind of bring everyone together. <laughs> they were, you know, um, talking to all the mm. groups and, you know, singing and, and I think they just, you know, were privileged to be there and just felt that. So, yeah, really, real special little film this one. Sorry, uh, yeah. And
1: there's one, one thing that I was really interested that uh, – the interesting is is that they have to get a coach for when they go to to Paris or when they go to France uh, to be with them uh, at the table and to do some more coaching of them before they they get to the competition. And they choose this guy who at one point in time was the best wine taster in the world, but he was the most – arrogant he's uh so obnoxious yeah arrogant <laughs> obnoxious self-righteous person you've ever met um and uh he, yeah he tells a story about his uh, his ex-wife and and you just so that lady dodged a bullet really <laughs> um and yeah a, a really horrible man uh and uh, he it's it's interesting because he, he he's kind of like introduced and then he becomes like the villain of the piece yes um so yeah but it, Absolutely brilliant film. Fantastic film. And we did give away um, some double pass in-season passes to go and see it last week. I think I've still got two passes left to go. Um, There is still a post on our Facebook page. So if you do want them, direct message us and uh, and we'll get that for you. Yeah. Uh, Because I am going to give uh, Blind Ambition um, for... Blind taste testing. I don't know. I'm just I'm really, I'm really struggling <laughs> with uh, what to give it.
0: Oh. Um, no, that'll do. That'll do. I'm going to score it. I'm going to go with a five because I absolutely loved this documentary and I think, yeah, get on our page and claim those tickets because it's a fun film. Mm. You'll enjoy it and you'll want to go out for some wine afterwards. So make it a day. Please do. I'm going to score it five. Ooh, five. Five, I don't know. I I should have thought about this. Five.
1: Arrogant Frenchmen.
0: Yeah, arrogant (laughs) Frenchmen. That's kind of cliche, but we'll go with it. So please go and see Blind Ambition now. It's screening at Luna Cinemas. Please head to their website for more information. Claim those double passes. Please do. It's a great day out. Go to the cinemas, grab some lunch afterwards, and uh, you'll definitely... Feel Like Wine as well. Yes. Afterwards. So please do. And I'm, uh, yeah, I hope that anybody who did go and see the film, uh, yeah, let us know what you thought uh, through Facebook. Um, Shall we jump into another documentary then?
1: Why not? Why
0: not? Brian Wilson, A Long Promised Road. Uh, Most listeners will know I'm a huge Beach Boys fan. I think Pet Sounds is one of the best albums of all time. And I'm really interested in the Beach Boys as a group as well I think there was some really interesting stories there I've read the autobiography of Brian Wilson I've really followed his career so it's quite an intimate interview this one and Brian Wilson who is the founder and lead of the Beach Boys is now 79 and he's quite a he doesn't quite articulate very well Brian Wilson he has struggled with mental illness and was diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder he survived addiction loss and and things like that so he's not very articulate and he doesn't really like to be interviewed but Rolling Stone journalist Jason Fine is uh, someone who's followed his career over the years, so they know each other quite well. And the way the documentary is set up is that Jason and uh, Wilson are driving through Southern California, kind of listening to Wilson's back catalogue. Um, and visiting very mm. nostalgic places such as Brian Wilson's childhood home and other things like that. So they have quite a raw discussion about his career and life, which has had its ups and downs. And, you know, he lost his brothers and, you know, it's it, quite tragic, really. But, you it really exposes us to the hardships, I suppose, of being famous and and that pressure that comes with trying to release music to the world that you want to be perfect. But I I do like there's a lot of archival footage and, you know, of course there's, you know, Beach Boys music throughout the film as well. But I really liked seeing how the Beach Boys really put some of their music together. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, uh, I think it was – Good Vibrations was film, uh, filmed, was recorded in four separate studios. Oh, wow. Right. Uh, I'm not sure the logistics of that or why, but, I mean, Good Vibrations is a real, you can tell there's some, and a lot of the times it's really difficult to pinpoint the, the instruments in their songs, Mm. it just kind of all comes together very collectively. But throughout the documentary, you've also got um, talking heads. You've got like people like Elton John uh, who really go into the inspiration and, you know, that the Beach Boys had on them as well. So, yeah, if you really enjoy the Beach Boys music, it's uh, a nice documentary to learn a little bit more about, uh, particularly Brian Wilson. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more in this. Maybe it's because I already know so much. That it didn't quite give me anything new, but I suppose if you're someone who doesn't know a lot about the band or, or Brian Wilson, you might find this intriguing mm. and interesting. So, yeah, this one's available on Amazon Prime now. I'm going to score it three and a half. Oh, what's a cool like Californian? A uh, cool Californian cars. Three, nice. three and a half cool Californian cars. <laughs> So it's, uh, yeah, screening now if you're interested in learning a little bit more about uh, the Beach Boys and uh, Brian Wilson. We might play another ad and then probably come back and delve into uh, The Batman.
1: Sounds good. The
0: Batman. The Batman.
1: Did you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema? You'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed alfresco area or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. Check out What's On, along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au. You're
0: listening to Unscripted, the film show on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. The Batman. <sighs> um. Wow. Just wow. I'm going to let you take the rein with this one and then we'll... we'll... Delve into it. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack, isn't
1: there? Yes, there. There is. It's, so the film is is three three hours long. It's well two hours and fifty six minutes. But let's not uh, uh, sugarcoat. It. It's a it's a very long long <laughs> film. But it's a very very well paced film. Um, and this is the the first uh, Robert Pattinson uh, Batman film. Uh, and it's uh, directed by Matt Reeves. And Matt Reeves is a guy who gave us the uh, recent iteration of the um, Planet the Apes films. Ah, yes. Um, And this Batman film um, is is amazing. It's it's kind of weird though because we've been through like – there was a big break between the Adam West 66 Batman and then the next one we got was 89's uh, Batman with Michael Keaton Mm. and then we got uh, Batman Returns and then we got uh, Batman Forever and then Batman and Robin and then kind of like we got cut off at that point and they said no 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 more Batman for you this is all all very bad and then there was a big break until we got uh, Christopher Nolan's uh, uh, Batman Begins and then Dark Knight and then Dark Knight uh, then and Dark Knight Rises, um, then there was a short break, and then we got uh, the uh, Ben Affleck Batman in Batman versus Superman, I've and then Justice League. Yeah, uh, so we've had a lot of Batman, and I didn't didn't mention George Clooney and Val were being Batman as well uh, during that point in time. Uh, we've had a lot of Batman, mm-hmm. and so th- this is the new uh, the new Batman who, to don the suit, and that's Robert Pattinson. Uh, Pattinson and. I think a lot of people were concerned that uh, you know he was not going to be able to fill the cape and cowl and do uh, justice as the Batman. Now, for my money, I think he's – second only to Michael Keaton, and Michael Keaton is only first because that's my Batman. That's your um, Batman. <laughs> how much do you, you want to know this is my Batman? There's a comic book that came out called uh, just recently called Batman 89. I didn't realise, I don't know if I screwed the pooch on this, but I didn't order it, I didn't get the first two issues, and I only found out it was round when I saw issues three and four. Uh, so I have uh, like bought issues three and four and then I had to find issues one and two there was none of issue one in, in Australia that I could find oh, wow. and so I had to buy it online uh, on eBay and I didn't buy one copy uh, because uh, I looked at it and it was gonna cost me like 50 bucks plus postage to get it here it was gonna be like hundred bucks for one copy so I bought six um, I thought you were gonna say I bought two. No, but six. yeah, I bought six coffees because it comes with uh, like the, the original cover I wanted, and then I got five of the uh, the alternate covers as well. Yeah. So my, my plan is is like there's other people I'm sure who missed out on buying it, so I'm gonna try to sell those ones yep. to to cover the cost of the um uh, the 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 fact that I had to get it from eBay, and and that's sort of thing. So yeah, I got that. That's what I did. That's how much I love that Batman. But okay. this Batman is. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Robert, Robert Pattinson is—he just does a, a brilliant job of being the Batman, mm-hmm. and I understand why they call it the Batman. the The story starts with um, the Riddler uh, taking out the the mayor of of Gotham. And this is a riddler like you've never seen a riddler like this before because riddler, generally speaking, is you know a guy who'll like leave clues for the Batman to come catch him and yeah, yeah, generally speaking, not a murderer. Mm -hmm. Not so with Paul Dano's riddler. This guy is a straight up killer. and he's got an agenda. Uh, that that's you know he, he wants to he wants to get out there, um, and so the that's the 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 story is set up that it is Batman and uh, Jim Gordon who are trying to stop the Riddler and trying to figure out why he's doing what he's doing, mm-hmm. um, and so. This is the very first time that the Batman has actually been a detective Mm. and you know shown his detective skills. And uh, so Jeffrey Wright's playing Jim Gordon, which is fantastic. First time we've had a Jim Gordon who hasn't been a you know old white dude, uh, or middle aged white dude, you know, Gary Oldman, uh, Mm -hmm. as well. Um and so he he plays uh, James Gordon, and it's a real like buddy cop kind of film with yeah. James Gordon and and, and Batman, uh, and then then um, uh, you've also got uh, you know Colin Farrell as we mentioned before playing the Penguin, and you just as I said you would not recognise him; he's fully made up, wearing a fat suit, just. Put on a, a like a New Yorker accent. It's it's amazing what he's done there. Uh, and Andy Circus is playing Alfred Pennyworth, mm-hmm. um, and so you're seeing a a younger Alfred uh, in this iteration. Um, the 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 storyline is brilliant, but it's one of those ones where you've just got to go there and just go along for the ride and just see how it unfolds. It's got a very noirish kind of feel to it. There are points in the in the film where uh, Batman is narrating what's going on, um, which I'm wondering if they' were, there's the Dark Knight Returns is the, a comic book, um, and he is narrating at the beginning of that. Uh, so I was wondering if they were pulling from that for, for the start of this this film, um, but. One, when uh, I saw it with my mate Jason he pointed out to me that this is the most kind of like 66 Batman because it's Batman working directly with the police mm-hmm. and he's like he's not hiding in the shadows he's walking around with the, the police officers and everything like that so it's, it's kind of a different way of, of seeing the Batman that we mm. haven't seen before um, so yeah it was it's an absolutely fantastic film and, and the cast as well um, You've also got John Turturro playing uh, Carmine Falcone in this film. Uh, You've got Peter Skarsgård playing uh, the DA, uh, Gil Coulson. Um, it's just fantastic. The, uh, the, the the cast that they've got in there is just great and I just think that the, uh, the storyline was fantastic. They showed us a, a world that I'm interested in seeing more of and... Um, and it was gritty as hell. It was yes. really gritty. Very
0: stylish, very mm. gritty. It had these undertones of, you know, red and, you know, I don't know if that's a common theme through Batman films is is red the, no. the kind of hues and orange hues. I, I
1: think in this one they really wanted to, to play that up in, yeah. the, in the film. And yeah. I
0: think you're right. It's it's very noir. It's it's got that you know detective noir feel to it. It's very stylish, and you know it's not overly reliant on too much action. There is action in this film, mm. absolutely, but it's not overly reliant on that. And the other thing I really liked, and I don't know how to phrase this without sounding too mean, but they haven't taken an actor in robert pattinson who i would say is traditionally sexy if mm, that makes mm. sense and i think that you know when bat um when ben affleck played the batman it was very sexy because he you know he's very buff mm. but in this robert pattinson isn't s- the, the the traditional sexy kind of batman and i like that i think it's good because it's not reliant on that at all in this film and um i think and i think I read somewhere that Matt Reeves wrote the script with Pattinson in mind before he even said yes or anything. I don't know if that's true or not, or if that's just a rumour, but I think he's the perfect person. I think he played this so well. And, um, yeah, Zoe Kravitz played her role really well as well. I just – I really enjoyed this. I
1: think Zoe Kravitz as uh, Selena Kyle Mm. slash Catwoman was – Fantastic and like that again. There's been a lot of, of Catwomen, uh, you know, dating back, you know, Eartha Kitt and uh, yeah. uh, you know back in the '66, and there, there was um oh there was other ones as well that were back then. I'm blanking on their names, but then uh, of course we had Michelle Pfeiffer playing the part. Halle Berry had a crack at a different <laughs> version of Catwoman. Um, more more recently, um, it was uh, oh, oh, gosh, what who was it? The, recently? What's her name uh, in Dark Knight Rises? Um, oh, I just I had it there and I lost it. It'll come to me, um, but yeah, I think her, I think Zoe Kravitz, her Catwoman, the way it was introduced was was brilliant. Um, the uh, they don't really delve too much into her her story, mm. um, but she's she's more being a, a protector in this and like trying to find her her friend who's being you know kidnapped and um, it's just yeah it's it's really good and you get to ride that emotional roller coaster with her as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's great. There's just so much love about this film. There's so much I love about. It. I want to spoil it. Yes. Um but uh, we, we're not going to do that here. Um, no, we're going to do a uh, a tangency yes. spoiler cast on, on that. Um, that uh, I might uh, try to rope you into that as well. well I think that would be good. Yeah. I'd really
0: love to unpack it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a great film, and you know, most listeners will know how I feel about um, you know superhero <laughs> and action films. They're not really my thing, but. I really enjoyed this. And I went in and I was like, this is a three hour long film. I I don't know if I want to sit through this. (laughs) To me, most films should cap at 150. But this was so well paced that it did not feel three hours long Mm. at all. I think that this is probably one of the first films I've ever sat through that didn't feel as long as it, it actually yeah. was because I was enjoying it so much. It jumped in straight away, but it's not reliant on too much action. I like Batman as a character because he's not one of these superheroes who flies around and, you know, he, he's dark, he's mysterious. He's got so much going on and I just, I think, yeah, I just loved how dark and gritty this was. It was the perfect film or the perfect mm. kind of, I mean...
1: He's a vigilante. Do you really call – do you call Batman a superhero? He is a superhero uh, by association, I guess, because yeah. he's part of the Justice League and all that, yeah. that kind of thing. But, I mean, he's a vigilante at the end mm. of the day. Um, but, yeah, it, it, very um, – it was very grounded as far as the action went. Yeah. Uh, there were a few, like, uh, scenes of him doing extraordinary things. Yes. But there was still a, a real world to kind of to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really good, and there were like they dropped hints of what could possibly come next. Yeah. And um, I, I really hope that it does well, and there is going to be a, a, a sequel to it because, yeah, um, yeah I, I just think it was great. I, I love the vision that he's, Matt Reeves has got. Uh, I loved Robert Patterson in his role and Zoe Kravitz in her role. Um, I want to see more of it. So, yeah, fingers crossed it does well at the box office and, mm. and we get to see more of this kind of, kind of Batman.
0: Isn't it fascinating? Many years ago when Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson <sighs> starred in Twilight, everyone yeah. laughed at them. And now look at Kristen Stewart. She's up for an Oscar for yep. her role in Spencer, and then you've got Robert Pattinson, who did an awesome job as the Batman, and I hope he comes back for more.
1: Yeah, you can't you, know. you can't fault that. And uh, uh, many, oh, sure, a lot of actors have roles that they've done where they kind of wish they hadn't done them or you know, thought they could do them yeah. better. But I mean, you know, you just need to have a few roles until you you find that right one and, and people connect with it. And, mm-hmm. Like you know, Kristen Stewart, we were like, you know, uh, we were all about we were uh, all
0: mean to her yeah, yeah, so yeah. long ago, and but yeah. now we've given her a lot of credit. For her, her exactly, roles. she's <laughs>
1: very, very, very good actress. But it's so weird though because we're seeing this now, and last night uh, before we saw the screening of the Batman, and I was really surprised they didn't show us this on uh, Tuesday night, mm-hmm. the previous preview screening. Uh, they showed a, um, a a video reel of all the DC movies coming this year, so mm-hmm. uh, the Flash and Black Adam and Aquaman. Um, am I missing something else? I think there was another one in there as well. Um, but they showed us the, these, uh, like, snippets of these movies. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. But that's got nothing to do with this Batman because this is all set in a different different universe. So um, it'll be interesting to how audiences take that, the fact that, yeah, okay, this is the Batman, but there is going to be uh, – Michael Keaton's going to be coming back playing Batman this year in the <laughs> Flash film, so – you know, it's going to be interesting. Very,
0: <laughs> very cool. So, how are we going to score this?
1: I am going to give this um, five muscle cars because that's pretty much what the Batmobile is in this film.
0: I'm going to score this four and a half stray cats.
1: Stray cats? Nice.
0: <laughs> Do you love a stray? <laughs> Um, No, Fantastic Film, it's out now. See it on the big screen. Don't wait till it comes out on streaming because Mm -hmm. it's too little. Those screens at home, oh, maybe yours is all right. Yeah. But, you know, you want a big screen. You want that sound. And the other thing too, the sound, the music Mm. in this was brilliant. Oh,
1: God, the music is great. Um,
0: Really cool, really gothy and it just, oh, I loved it. Um, The the
1: music's great. The score's great. It just all all works. Um, And just to save yourself some time in the cinema, uh, there is, at the very end of the credits, there is a extra bit it's not 100% worth staying for.
0: Good, because I didn't stay. <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit naughty and I should have I knew, but I still left, even though you've told me countless times yeah, not to. a.
1: it's not, a, it, it's not okay. an extra scene or anything like that. So if you do uh, leave at the start of the credits for this film, uh, you're not going to miss out okay. on an extra scene. Um, it's only yeah. a little thing at the end that's yeah. like, oh well, i Probably couldn't could have done without that, but that's fine. Sure. It's and if you listen to the spoiler cast, I'll tell you what it is. Excellent,
0: <laughs> excellent. Because I would like, I was going to ask you off air what <laughs> happened after the credits because I did leave. Uh, to be fair, it was pretty late. Yeah, I was also worried that I parked my car somewhere where I might have been locked in because um, I parked it on the top mm-hmm. of yeah. So I was a bit worried about that. So I was like, oh, but I've got to get my car <laughs> so I can drive home. But um, I was really worried I was going to miss something really crucial. Um, <clears throat> <coughs> Excuse me. I'm starting to sound like the Batman. Yeah. <laughs> He's quite the Batman. Yeah. No, he were, doesn't talk like
1: that. No, no I kinda no. liked his, his Batman voice. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like uh you know really gravelly or anything like no, that. It wasn't. It was, and it, I just the fact that like he, he was walking around and there were like police around and they're kinda like going, That's freaking Batman That's and Batman. Yeah, and, oh, He's got
0: a bad rap, though, with, with the civilians, though, because people just are scared of him.
1: They are, yeah. Even yeah.
0: people, because they, they don't really see the good in him either mm. by the sounds of it until, although there's that end, there's something that happens at the end where people seem to kind of change their mind. Maybe we'll talk about it, spoiler. Yes. <laughs> yes. So please do follow us um, on the Gentleman of Pop Culture Network where we've got our shows, Tangent City, Diz Down Under, unscripted the film show, but, yes, Tangent City is where we go into more detail about things and really unpack them so we'll definitely do that with this uh, this definitely warrants one of those. yes <laughs> we're going to come back in just a moment
1: you're listening to unscripted the film show on radio Fremantle 107.9 fm
0: fantastic. We still have one more film to talk about which I do hope is actually in cinemas. I'm not 100% sure it's still out at the moment. It did release for a little while in um, Luna. What's it called? It's called Come On Come On. Uh, C-M-O-N C-M-O-N uh, It stars, I'm just trying to find my notes for it so I can give you guys more details. Here we go. It is written and directed by Mike Mills who did that film Beginners a few years ago. I don't know if you've ever seen that film. It's a few other bits and pieces as well. But come on, come on. It stars Joaquin Phoenix, uh, who plays Johnny. He's a radio journalist who agrees to look after his nine-year-old nephew, Jesse, uh, played by Woody Norman.
1: It it looks like it's still out. Uh, Excellent. You can can go see it at Luna on Essex if you want to. Oh,
0: yes. Do, do, grab yourself uh, some cheese and wine and enjoy. So, yeah, he's looking after his nephew while his sister is away. And he's also doing this kind of working road trip thing, which he's interviewing young people about their hopes and Mm -hmm. and dreams and fears, which is kind of an interesting side story in itself because there's mention of climate change, concern, poverty, and all these concerns young people have. Are having, mm. um, you know, as fears for for growing up, which is really, really it's kind of scary to think that um, young people are so concerned about. I mean, it's a good thing, but it's it's worrying that people are so so scared about it. But he's got his nephew in tow, and they're they're going around, and really, it's about this this bond that they they form as a, you know, uncle mm. and nephew. It's not a common relationship we see on screen. There was that film um, Manchester by the Sea a few years ago with Casey Affleck mm. and Lucas Hedges as a, a uncle-nephew set up, but um, the, the nephew was a lot older and it was... And I loved the film. I still think it's one of the best films of the decade, but I know you don't like this film at all, us, which is so interesting because <laughs> I think it's... Um, I still think it's one of the best films of the decade. How you,
1: have you seen it more than once? I
0: have. I've seen yeah. it twice. Right. Um, I own it. And the reason I haven't seen it more than that is because it's incredibly depressing. <laughs> uh, it's a very depressing film. It's a film about, unfortunately, uh, a guy dies mm. and then this uncle, his brother, takes on the, the young boy and really, at this time, it's winter, so it's really difficult. They can't bury the father and brother at this time because the ice is, is still out. But there's, there is a lot more that happens in this film. Um, Casey Affleck's character, who I can't recall his name in the film, has uh, some relationship issues uh, going on. There's a really distressing scene that I'm not going to go with, although the film's been out for about four or five years. So I don't know how much I would actually be giving away Mm. if I shared this, but um, he has some young kids who unfortunately die um, in a really tragic situation. So for me, it was just a real, I couldn't fault the film at all, but I can see why you wouldn't like it. Yeah. And that's not a criticism yeah. at all. I can just see why.
1: It was just one of these it, it, depres- one of the yeah. depressing films that later on us. Yeah,
0: morning. and and, for me, and, it, and it was and for yeah. me it's it was about the character development and this bond and I think Lucas Hedges is I think give this kid an Oscar please. He's fantastic. We've seen him in Honey Boy as well where he mm-hmm. played um you know Shia LaBeouf and I just think he's really great. But anyway, getting back to this one. Um yeah, it's a story about a nephew and, and an uh, uncle who who really bond and it's quite a thoughtful Set up. Mm. I think it's you know we progress and we see how the bond grows and there's some you know troubles there as well. But it's quite the comedy in the film is quite natural. It it doesn't feel scripted at all, and it's very sentimental. It's also shot in in black and white, which gives it this kind of moody monochrome uh, vibe. I personally think it could have been shot in colour and it would have still been a really good film. Uh, But I think the performances were the standout in this. You've got in Phoenix. How do I say his name? Not quite right. But he does a fantastic job as this uncle but kind of workaholic Mm -hmm. and then... Someone who's not quite on track in their own life. And then you've got this, you know, wonderful kid, Woody Norman, who's probably maybe 10, 11, who does this fantastic job at being a bit of a troublesome young man at points, too. So, a really nice story, though, if you do like those character development stories and and bonds and things like that. And, you know, as well as style goes, if you do like monochrome and and black and white as, as a Feature film, you might enjoy this. So uh, I'm going to score it three and a half. Three and a half. <laughs> uh, locked toilet doors.
1: So you'll know what that means
0: when you go and see the film.
1: (laughs) I reckon the kid gets locked in a toilet.
0: At some point, yes, (laughs) he does get locked in the toilet. But, yeah, no, really nice um, little film that I think there's so much cinema out there that people miss because it's not, you know, overly well Mm. kind of marketed. And and this is one of those films. So, yeah, that's why I really encourage people to really check out what's going on at your independent cinemas because that's where they show these types of films and, you know, cinema's still thriving. I mean, even in the midst of if COVID, it, the films are still coming out and, you know, it's a good way to support um, the, the film industry because we need to make sure that the people who work behind these films can keep making them. Exactly. Otherwise, yep. uh, it will slowly <laughs> dissipate. And the
1: people who, who work at the cinemas can, uh, you know, still work at the cinemas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so many good films out there. Uh, the Batman is out there now, so go, go check that out. Blind Ambition, as we said, uh, I've got the, we've got two double passes left. Um, if you do want them, uh, I've pinned the uh, giveaway to the top of our Unscripted the Film Show Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So you can go there and you can personal message us from there and say, could I have the tickets, please? And we shall do that. Um, I saw an article this week that apparently uh, Beetlejuice 2 is finally going to happen.
0: Oh, so I thought that was a rumour because they talked about it a while back. Um, and yeah, I th- always thought it was a bit of a rumor, yeah. but apparently no, it's it's a thing. So that's awesome. I wonder when we're expecting the release date. Oh,
1: I'm not sure. I think a Bit Michael Keaton's got a lot of uh, a lot of things to do between then and and now. Mm. Uh, and Will World Wright coming back to a prize role as well. So hopefully that all goes to plan and we get to see that. That would be awesome. That would be fantastic. Um, and yes, yeah, Studio 666, which you didn't get to see.
0: Oh, I'm so disappointed because you got to see this film. It's not in cinemas anymore. It was a very. Uh, it was just a week, I believe, but this is a film about the Foo Fighters (laughs) recording, actually I'm pretty sure this is what the film was about, recording their album in a haunted house.
1: Is that it? it? It's kind of, it's kind of, that's, that's kind of, kind of what you're, you're looking at, although there's a bit more to it. Good. Um, And it's just, uh, yeah, Dave Grohl living out a fantasy, I think, at the end of the day, but it's really good fun. It's, as I said last week, very reminiscent of early Sam Raimi, Peter Jackson films, Um, but, yeah, it's it's really good fun and you can see the fooies are having a damn good time making it. So, yeah. It's
0: also got comedian uh, Whitney Cummings in it, it as does, well. Who, it does. Who uh, released her stand-up special a few years ago and bought on a,
1: a, a robot. Um, she brought on a... a sex doll a, 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 more. A sex doll. It was it was like, like a... A sex robot? It was a sex... Yeah, yeah. It was a, a sex robot that was uh, made in her image.
0: Yes. Um, um, which was... Uh, her set was great, so I can't wait to see what she comes out with next because I'm sure she's working on something. Something brilliant but it's nice to see her in a in a film mm. um not that i've seen the film but yeah i think she's a very talented woman but yeah no i'm really excited to see this so i'm hoping it releases to stream it, very it, soon it
1: will be like as soon as it's out, out of the cinemas it'll be on one of the streaming platforms i guarantee because i think that's this is as i said like it is a, a venn diagram of horror fans and foo fighter fans crossing over but i think like once it gets onto uh, streaming i think people are going to go oh what's this and i'll watch it, it and it'll it'll get that cult following
0: oh yeah it, it is your classic cult following mm. set up to a film and um, is there lots of music in it too like lots of rock
1: really there's not
0: really that, that, interesting that, that's I thought pa- it would be very rock
1: because <laughs> <laughs> last week uh, I saw Cyrano the, the film with Peter Dinklage
0: yes
1: wasn't expecting that to be a musical turned out to be a musical and then no I went, way
0: it was was it it was yeah. like a full on musical yeah. throughout yeah. it wasn't wow. no, no it wasn't
1: full on throughout the the, the movie it was like you know, there was normal talky bits but yeah. then there was like bits where I went to, to sing and there was some backup dancing and stuff um and then, uh, then i go and see Studio 666. Thinking and going to be music as. <laughs> I was thinking we're going to rock out some Nirvana, a bit of Fooey's, come on, it'd be great. And it was all about making one song. Wowza. Yeah.
0: That's um, That's insane.
1: It is, but, uh, yeah, it was really, really enjoyable, like really stupidly enjoyable. So uh, I don't think it's still in the cinemas now because it was only out for a week, so that would have been Thursday to Thursday, and we're at Thursday, so I'm sorry.
0: I would have definitely have seen it in cinemas, Mm. but I will... Wait, I will go home and I'm gonna find out when it's out and watch it. So, but yeah, all good stuff out in cinemas at the moment. Um, can't get enough, and I'm so excited to see what's slowly. I feel like this is the month where it starts to pick up a little bit, yeah, film wise, because it was yeah. a bit of a slow start to the year, and now we're finding there's more coming out. So, yeah, really excited to see what the rest of the year holds, and hopefully, um, yeah, have a, a, a really good list for our top tens, bottom fives, because uh, sometimes they. We've been a bit lost the last few years, haven't
1: we? Yeah, so, well, we haven't really done the traditional top ten, bottom five, so which we'll is have fine. to. We're well, not in
0: traditional times. Nah.
1: No, we'll have to wait, wait and see what uh, this year brings us.
0: Absolutely. Well, that is us uh, done for another week. Uh, stay cool, kids, and uh, cool kids, <laughs> and we'll be back next week talking more about film, television, and all your pop culture needs. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.